0: sisters brothers and others while you are listening to our theme song chew on this what does it even mean to be a dunker punk hit it jacob
1: i don't want to be rich don't want to be popular don't want to be selfish no don't wanna be a goat. Don't wanna be ignorant. Don't wanna be blindfolded. I just wanna be countercultural. I don't wanna be violent. Don't wanna have a vendetta. Don't wanna be vengeful. No. I don't wanna be a soldier. Don't wanna be militaristic. I wanna help that cycle, I just wanna be a countercultural pacifist. I don't wanna be a racist, don't wanna be a capitalist, don't wanna be sexist, no. I don't wanna pass judgment, don't wanna hold grudges, don't wanna be hateful, I just wanna be Countercultural, pacifistic, unconditional lover. I don't wanna shop at Walmart, don't wanna grow Monsanto, don't wanna drink Coca Cola, no. I don't wanna burn petrol, don't wanna eat perfect fruit, don't wanna feel guilty, I just wanna be countercultural pacifistic unconditionally loving organic gardener I want to be authentic I want to be radical I want to be optimistic Honest, beautiful I want to be humble I want to be progressive I want to be open an inspiration I want to be like John Wesley or Sarah major or Anna Mouth. I want to be like Martin Luther or Martin Luther King Like Santa Claus, Johnny Appleseed, Dirk Galyms, Gandhi, Alexander Mack, John Klein, George Fox, or Jesus Christ. But mostly, I just want to be me. I just want to be me.
0: Welcome to the 10th episode of the Dunker Punks Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Gimme More Stuff. You want stuff? We got stuff. You think of more stuff you want, you type it into the internet, it shows up at your door before the week's over. We take the thinking out of buying. So you don't have to worry about people living in poverty who make your stuff for real cheap. Or you don't have to worry about people racing around a giant warehouse cramming your stuff into a box full of those tasty styrofoam peanuts. It's simple. You get more stuff, we get more money. Give me more stuff! Online at GiveMeMoreStuff.com. on right now. Do not attempt to eat styrofoam peanuts. Josh Brockaway works at the Church of the Brethren main offices in Elgin, Illinois. He is the Director of Spiritual Life and Discipline. <laughs> Now, he's the Director of Spiritual Life and Discipleship. In this episode, Josh explores what it means to be a dunker punk. He reminds us about Jared McKenna's sermon at National Youth Conference 2014. Josh also shares about the birth of BVS, the notorious story about young adults who petitioned the annual conference delegates of 1948 to support them in creating our volunteer program. Dan West, who also founded Heifer International, helped the group of young adults who created the proposal. Todd Chambers, who was the young gentleman selected to speak to the annual conference body, was shorter than average, so he walked to the mic with a wooden orange crate in his hands. He stood on top of the crate, waited for the giggles to settle, and shared the idea. No one spoke in opposition, and the delegates voted unanimously to accept the proposal. Alma Long was one of those brave young adults, and she was among the first unit of BVS volunteers. About a decade later, the US Peace Corps developed and was modeled after the Brethren Volunteer Service. Today, more than 7,000 volunteers have served through BVS. There are over 100 projects in 16 countries. Josh, why don't you tell us more about Alma and what it means to be a radical follower of Jesus?
2: dunker punks? I want to tell you a story about a dunker punk before there were even dunker punks. Alma Long was a mover and shaker. As a young person at the 1948 annual conference, she was among those who addressed the conference, asking for a means of alternative service. Though she didn't stand on an orange crate, she helped craft the survey that asked young persons gathered there if they wanted some sort of peace witness opportunity. The end result was the approval and quick establishment of Brethren Volunteer Service. Alma served in the very first unit of BVS, working for a year on the Peace Caravan. Then she returned to non-volunteer life in Ohio and taught science for decades, was a youth counselor, and was even the first moderator for the Northern Ohio District. I knew Alma as a leader in the district. I didn't know her as a mover and shaker in the Brethren world. I knew her as an older adult, shorter than most, who wore a prayer covering, and who always seemed to be at church camp. It's my parents and aunts who remember her the best. Yet, even for them, Alma was not one of those young adults who had the audacity to speak before annual conference with an item of business that hadn't moved through the appropriate processes. Rather, Alma was first and foremost a camp counselor and youth worker in the Northern Ohio District. In the first years of Camp Inspiration Hills, Alma was a junior high counselor. She slept in tents with the youth and walked around a natural ravine just to get to the dining area. As a counselor, she taught the kids about both the scriptures and nature. When I asked my mom about Alma, two things immediately stood out. First, she was always teaching the campers about the natural world. As a science teacher, Alma was fascinated by everything she saw in the woods, and if she didn't know what she was looking at, she would task one of the campers to run around the ravine to find the naturalist books and bring them back. That's the way she did Bible study, my mom said. She took all of that excitement of exploring and identifying, looking up, and understanding what was in front of her, and applied it to the scriptures. By the time I reached camping age, we weren't sleeping in tents, and they had built a bridge over that ravine, and Alma wasn't a counselor. But she was always there. She even planted a number of rose bushes outside the new dining hall after the old one burnt down. She came to fall festivals and district meetings with striking consistency. Alma wasn't a Ted Studebaker, nor was she an Anna Mao. In fact, she was never ordained. She was part of that group who petitioned annual conference, but when she finished with her service, she went to her local congregation, took part in its weekly rhythm of life, and shaped countless lives through the mundane events like Sunday school, vacation Bible schools, and summer camp. Though she wore a prayer covering and attended one of the more evangelical congregations in the district, you never really could pin her down she obviously embodied much of what a dunker-punk is about. Her excitement and enthusiasm for both nature and the Bible were central to the discipleship she modeled. I would say if there was one person in the district that anchored it within the Brethren family, it was Alma. Even from the limited, and I would say young and naive, experience of her, I knew she transcended the modern divide of progressive and conservative. The question for her was if we were faithful. Serving, teaching, guiding, and accompanying others, and studying the Scriptures were integral parts of that faithfulness, and in her own way, almost shaped a generation or two, if you think about those who followed her. As I prepared for this podcast, I had grand plans of describing a Dunker identity. I had notes and paragraphs about the key movements of anabaptism and pietism that made up the early brethren. I was even trying to figure out how to make some diagrams available to those of you who will listen. But just the other day I was talking about church with a friend and colleague. We started telling our stories about ministry and congregations, and the profound ways church breaks out when we minister with others. As we talked, I realized that all the history and theology in the world couldn't make us Dunker Punks. Nearly two years ago now, Jared McKenna stood in front of us in Colorado and summed it up. Dunker Punks are a mustard seed revolution. Dunker Punks are about the small things that become huge. He didn't put a cause in front of us and try to mobilize us to action. He didn't tell us a story about orange crates. The formation of grand programs like BVS or disaster relief or relief efforts such as Heifer Project International. He invited us into the simple and the mundane. He told us the story of Kai, a climate activist and rough and tumble guy who was baptized in their church and who, after the violent death of a friend, said to Jared, This is why I want to follow Jesus. It's that personal, mystical experience. And the loving, radical, nonviolent revolution. So often we hear the story of the baby Jesus in the manger and then skip ahead to the grand crucifixion stories and the resurrection. Yet it was the radical revolutionary stuff in the middle that inspired the early brethren and modern day dunker punks like Kai. So Jared challenged us to be about three things nothing grand, nothing dramatic, nothing sexy but three everyday things. Pray the Lord's Prayer every day, memorize the Sermon on the Mount, and find one or two others to do some radical love stuff, the everyday revolutionary stuff right in our own backyards. You might know that the Church of the Brethren is in the midst of some turmoil. Some might even say that we are in a moment of high anxiety Some might say that we are in the midst of a turf war over who gets to define a brethren identity, and that turf war is marked out along the lines between conservative and progressive. It's easy to get drawn into these power games, and into the promises of these two ideologies. We can get sucked into causes and hot-button debates, and through it all, we lose sight of the crazy day-in-day-out revolutionary love stuff. It's great that you're getting involved. It's great that we're taking part in the big debates about racism, sexuality, maybe even gathering signatures for key pieces of legislation, or even traveling to towns to take a stand. But really, that's only one third of what it means to be a dunker punk. And I'll tell you this, all that work, taking a stand, is like a mansion built on sand if we're not praying and internalizing the scriptures. Dunkerpunks aren't a social justice movement, though that's part of it. And Dunkerpunks aren't a spiritualist heart religion, though that's part of it. The first Dunkerpunks, those eight who baptized themselves in the Ader River, were a people who gathered around the scriptures, treated them authoritatively, and read them together through the life of Jesus prayerfully listening to the Holy Spirit. They weren't activists. They weren't cultural brethren who liked ice cream, foursquare, or played name games. They were followers of Jesus. They were radically obedient. Dunkerpunks are first radically obedient to Jesus. In gathering around the scriptures, in praying, in listening to the Holy Spirit— and courageously and creatively doing the radical love stuff every day. Dunkerpunks are like Alma Long, who learned to imagine the world differently through reading scripture with others, who prayerfully considered the opportunities and needs around her, and who showed Jesus' love to everyone she encountered. And yeah, she helped call for and shape BVS in a grand dramatic action recorded in the history books. But Alma is a dunker punk for the very life that came after what's recorded in the books. Dunker punks, a mustard seed revolution of love and radical counter-cultural obedience to Jesus, are made in the everyday, in taking part in worship with others, praying daily, internalizing the scriptures, studying the Sermon on the Mount, and embodying that radical countercultural love right where they are.
0: When I think of individuals following Jesus, I think of the fishers dropping their nets. Or Jesus saying, sell everything you own and give to the poor. Or the guy who sounded like he was ready to be a disciple, but told Jesus he needed to bury his father who had just died. And Jesus says, let the dead bury the dead. Sometimes a thought of radical discipleship is intimidating. Even paralyzing. But when I think of the mustard seed, I remember I have a lot more potential to follow Jesus than I give myself credit for. In Mark 4, Jesus asks, What is the realm of heaven like? What image can we compare it to? Then Jesus says, It's like a mustard seed. Such a tiny seed. But it grows into a big shrub, the greatest of shrubs, maybe even a tree. And you know what else? It'll provide shelter to wildlife so they can nest and bring new life. So when I think of discipleship through the parable of the mustard seed, I think of the potential of small beginnings to have great results, even if they're only temporary, like the annual that the mustard plant is. I think of how unconventional the mustard plant is for an image of the realm of God. Jesus never says heaven is pearly gates and streets of gold, but I hear Jesus saying, heaven is right under your feet. It's growing in unexpected ways, even without human intervention. Maybe heaven is a weed in your field or your garden, what now? But we can participate in nurturing heaven's growth on earth, even with seemingly insignificant beginnings. So, what are you waiting for? You know about Brother and Volunteer Service now. Or maybe you still have time to volunteer at your district church camp or a nearby vacation Bible school. Tell your pastor you'd like to start a Sunday school for reading through the Sermon on the Mount. Or, in the spirit of the mustard seed, go plant some native trees in your backyard. Or grow food and give it away. Or like they said, just find one or two friends. Start reading the Gospels together and pray for God's guidance. If you really want to be a disciple, God will guide you in time. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dunker Punks podcast. Suzanne Lay is our editor this week. Jacob Krause plays our sweet theme song. Other music comes from the Free Music Archive. Our podcast is a collaboration of a dozen contributors who are inspired by Jesus and the mustard seed revolution. Suzanne Lay produces the show along with Pastor Nancy. You can find us on all the social medias. Just search for Dunker Punks pod. You can read more at dunkerpunks.com, and find a log of all of our episodes at the Arlington Church of the Brethren website, or wherever you find podcasts. Somehow you found this one. I'm Dylan Del Haro, your new co-host. Nancy will join me again after taking a vacation. Where are you going, Nancy? 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 Hmm. She must have gone already. On our next episode, Kevin Schatz interviews a camper about how great camp is. Camp is great. Find out what else campers have to say about camp next time on The DPP.